Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ plus communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexually diverse communities. I'm your host, Jack Ranjan, and joined this week at Joy's Victorian Pride Centre Studios on Boonwurrung Country by Cal Hoare. G'day, Hi. g'day. How are you going, Jack? I'm doing okay. I've been, well, I've been away from the show for a few weeks, I believe, but um, been trucking along just fine. You've been keeping busy, though. I oh, have been, you're, you've, you're gaming, you've been exploring your gaming roots. The gaming side, yes. <laughs> and that's Rejoining a, your tribe. That's, I don't oh, know. absolutely. Oh, Melbourne International Games Week has well and truly kept me busy for the last few weeks. Um, but, but I'm back, and I'm here in the studio with you again at the panel. Yeah, and it's a busy time of year. We're going into uh, Victoria's state election. We'll be talking about that later in the show today. Um, we're going approaching Trans Awareness Week, which mm. is always a big deal, and World AIDS Day, which is really exciting yes. for Thorn Harbor because it's the return of the Street Appeal, which hasn't happened in the last few years. Tell me about the Street Appeal. The Street Appeal. So we have an army of volunteers at Thorn Harbor, and always have since it was established as the Victorian AIDS Council. But um, the Street Appeal, uh, and a lot of folks that have been around Melbourne CBD would have, you know, see folks out there handing out red ribbons, and that's not exclusive to Melbourne by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. We have the team over at Samish is doing that in South Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, Acon does that in New South Wales. But handing out the red ribbons um, and, you know, accepting donations as well uh, for Thorn Harbor Health yep. uh, and the work that we do in the HIV space. Um, so, yeah, that's coming up. And, you know, people can once again kind of join and be a part of that. Um, there will be, you know, if you head to Thorn Harbor's website, you can find out how to volunteer and be a part of that uh, as well. And you absolutely should do that. Yeah, totally. It's a great experience. I always I think it's a really interesting um as well because there are so many people out on the street that sell stuff um, and so a lot of times someone will see you're making eye contact with them and they like look away because they think oh no you're going to hand gonna me get, something yeah. and I'm going to have to <laughs> give you money yeah. but you know at least for Thorn Harbor they actually will give you the red ribbon with you don't have to pay you're anything. all good just take it but and it's funny I always call it like feeding the deer because you have to like really carefully hand it out so you don't spook <laughs> folks um, but you know that is coming up and so World AIDS Day is of course on uh, the 1st of December which is also Joy's birthday yep. and um, yeah so that's all coming up soon absolutely before that I've still got face around the corner which is yeah. going to be taking up a lot of my time soon um, South Australia. with geared and all sorts of things so that's going to be coming up in, in the coming weeks there's going to be plenty of colourful content around the corner yes absolutely um, but that says nothing about kind of what we're speaking about this episode we will also be having a chat with uh, Gassan Kassissia from uh, Equality Australia he's the legal director there and we're going to be talking to Gassan about religious discrimination bill where we're at with that in Australia yep. as well as Victoria's upcoming state election and the LGBTIQ plus priorities document that's been released in the lead up to that election that's That's all coming up this week on Well, Well, Well. You're getting Well, Well, Well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. You're listening to Well, Well, Well. And now joining us is the legal director at Equality Australia, Gassan Kassissia. And and Gassan has been involved in over a decade of LGBTIQ advocacy alongside commercial litigation career in Australia and overseas. Gassan, thank you so much for joining us here on Well, Well, Well. Thanks so much for having me. Now, we've talked about the religious discrimination bill 
uh, before here on Well, Well, Well. And I noticed that Equality Australia has a 10-point plan for LGBTIQ plus equality in Australia. And number one on that list is to protect LGBTIQ plus people from discrimination, uh, from religious discrimination. So for people who might not be aware, can you explain to us what's been happening? Because we've been talking about a religious discrimination bill for some time, but there's been some movement um, since then. Yes, well, of course, um, the, the government's changed since that time. And so the, the bill that was on the table at the time, um, Morrison's religious discrimination bill, failed on the floor of the parliament um, to, well, actually was withdrawn because um, if, if people can remember, um, people uh, from the government at the time crossed the floor um, to try and protect uh, trans and gay students and teachers from discrimination in religious schools. So because that bill was withdrawn, the real um, changes are yet to happen to protect uh, LGBT people, both in religious schools and in religious organisations. So when they're employed there, when they are educated there, or where they receive services from a faith-based organisation. And the new government has committed to some of those reforms, and it's also committed to introducing legislation to protect people from discrimination on the basis of their religion or lack of religion. So we're expecting to see some legislation coming um, to the parliament in, at, at some point, probably next year, that talks to um, those issues and tries to redress them once and for all. And do we have any sort of preview around the wording or content in that legislation? So the current government has committed to a few things. One is um, protections for people of faith from discrimination. Another is ensuring that no student at a religious school can be discriminated against on any ground. And the third um, is a sort of ambiguous commitment, which is no discrimination based on sexuality or gender for, say, a teacher or a staff member at a religious school but leaving for religious schools the ability to preference people of their own religion in the selection of staff. So we're going to be looking very carefully at, at how they implement those um, policies, some of which are good and some of which I think still leave room for doubt over whether LGBT uh, people will be protected from discrimination in religious schools, but also what they haven't committed to is the broader service sector that is faith-based um, and the employment in that sector as well, we want to see all religious organisations uh, effectively have to comply with the same rules as anyone else when it comes to discrimination um, where they provide public services or employ people to do so. Has the current government given any indication on their position outside of schools, as you mentioned? Not yet, no. And so it's really up to us as a community to keep calling on that. Um, and that's why, so Equality Australia currently, if you go to our website, equalityaustralia.org.au, we actually have a, a survey on our front page where people can tell us their stories and their views about how the legislation should look to protect all of us properly. Um, and some of the stories that we've already started to hear are of people who've experienced discrimination in religious school settings um, or in employment. Uh, but we would particularly like to hear from people who've also experienced discrimination in other settings, for example, in accessing 
family support or homelessness or disability support where a faith-based organisation was uh, providing that service. And it can be both a positive story as well as any discrimination they've experienced because we'd like to get a good sense of where things are at currently for people to inform our policy going to the government. So, Gassan, could you explain as well, because some people who are listening may not be, you know, the faith-based schools, I think folks kind of get that. But a lot of health services out there, they're actually hosted or run by faith-based organizations. Can you explain that dynamic a little bit for folks? Yeah, so um, for those that are familiar, for example, in Victoria, there was some recent reform um, in this space. And what we're talking about here are our national laws to make sure that If you're a faith-based organisation that provides foster care services, adoption services, perhaps services for people who are homeless or um, who are unemployed, those kinds of services that are provided to the general public, they should also be covered from um, uh, preventing any discrimination against LGBT people. Um, That also means uh, looking at uh, the employment that those organisations of which you know, many hundreds of thousands of people work in that sector, ensuring that that sector is also a good employer for LGBT people. Now, many of those organisations are, and so they should have no issues with having um, the same rules apply to them. Um, But we know that there are still gaps and the law can help address those gaps to ensure that no matter what service you go to, whether it's provided by government or a public service provided by a faith-based organisation, you know that you'll be treated with dignity and respect. So talking about this legislation that we might see in 2023, or that we're expecting to see in 2023, as you mentioned, there has been a change of government. Do we know, or do we have any idea around where MPs stand on this, or could we see people cross the floor again? What might we anticipate with regard to political support from MPs? Look, it's very hard to know yet because we don't have any legislation, um, including any details as to what the legislation will include. We'll be analysing that legislation when it does come, though, to make sure it doesn't have the same problems that the former government's legislation had. If people can remember that uh, legislation included things like rolling back protections or overriding protections under state law that protect our communities from discrimination. So we'll be looking very closely at what the government puts forward. Um, And the good news is there is, a, uh, I think, a, a huge number of new MPs who are advocates for our communities. And I can't see a pathway for the government to... Um, you know, propose legislation that would take us backwards. We want to see laws that protect all of us equally, and that will be our position going forward. And I'm confident, although our community needs to stand up because there will be opponents um, of reforms for our communities who will stand up. So we need to make sure our voices are heard. But I'm confident that we have a parliament that it will listen to those concerns and will take them into account in making sure that the legislation does protect all of us equally. One of the things that you mentioned there was that, you know, this religious discrimination bill or legislation that we've been talking about is national and could override states. Are there states that have made progress in this area that um, you know, like in the previous Morrison government, we, there was the idea that that might uh, like overturn those uh, legislation in states. 
where do we stand kind of in the Australian landscape? Who's kind of made progress in this area? It's a great question. Look, it's very patchy across the country. Victoria, the ACT, Tasmania are some of the better states which have much narrower exemptions. Um, Victoria was the, the latest um, reform, if, if you remember, where they addressed the matter of discrimination in schools and in publicly funded uh, religious organisations. Um, but the position in, say, New South Wales is much worse. So it doesn't matter if you're a religious school, any private school is exempt from discrimination obligations, which means that we need the safety net of the national law to bring everyone up to the same standard and to not take us back in places where the standard is even higher. And so the concern that we had was the former government bill, the religious discrimination bill that the Morrison government proposed, in fact tried to unwind some of the gains that were made recently by our community in Victoria. Um, and the position in Victoria now is if you want to discriminate against someone, whether based on their sexuality or, or so, you can't do that on the basis of sexuality or, or gender or those sorts of attributes. But if you are a religious school and you want to discriminate, say, on the basis of someone's religion, you can only do that where religion is relevant to the role at hand. Gassan, you said earlier that there's an opportunity for people to go to the Equality Australia website and, and share some of their stories, both po- stories both positive and negative. I guess um, on both a national level and um, state level, especially uh, in New South Wales, potentially, as you said earlier, for um, I-, I guess anyone listening, especially outside of Victoria, um, what action can listeners take to kind of... Um, uh, address this issue and, and make sure that MPs know what people are asking for? So the survey that, that I mentioned um, asks a number of questions of people, including about their views about the way that the law should be shaped, but also their experiences, because we know that personal stories are incredibly effective in actually illustrating for MPs where the lines need to be drawn to ensure that all of us are protected equally. And so we've asked people, so the the website, again, was um, equalityaustralia.org.au. On the front page is a survey, and it takes you through and asks you questions like, have you experienced discrimination in a religious organisation or school in the last five years? It also asks you of any positive experiences you've had, and it asks you a few questions about what your views are, for example, on the ability of religious schools to take into account religion when hiring um, staff. So we're collecting that information from across the country. We've already received hundreds of responses and that will inform what we can um, take to the government in terms of where we think the the legislation needs to protect us um, and where the legislation needs to also protect others like people of faith and of course the people in the middle who are LGBTI people of faith who often get sort of in the middle of these debates, but also deserve the same protections as everyone else. Here on Well, 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 Jack and Cal are with you speaking with Ghassan Kassasia, Legal Director at Equality Australia. Stick around. We've got more coming up in just a moment. Sexual health, mental health and the overall well-being of our LGBTIQ communities. You're listening to Well, Well, Well. 
Jack and Cal with you here on Well Oh Well on Joy and the Community Radio Network. And we're still with Ghassan Kassasia from uh, Equality, Australia, uh, Equality Australia, their legal director. Um, we've been speaking a little bit about uh, the religious discrimination bill and indeed um, legislation that we may well see through next year. But Equality Australia is also uh, uh, one of a handful of organisations signed on to the LGBTIQ plus priorities, what your government can do document released in the lead up to Victoria's state election on the 26th of November. Um, Ghassan, why do you think priority documents like this are, are important to create? Well, I think what's really important is they put together the community's demands in one place. So um, it gives MPs who are, you know, trying to court our vote a good sense of what the community's needs are and what they can do to secure our vote. So, um, and it's fantastic to have seen so many organisations be involved, really bringing in that collective experience and that lived experience in going direct to government and to the opposition and saying, look, these are the things that our communities tell us they need. And so what's your response to those? With that in mind, you know, the LGBTIQ priorities document does outline a number of actions political parties, candidates, and ultimately the next government can take. But do you think punters should familiarize themselves with these issues and actions? I think so, but um, I mean, I would say that most of the um, issues that are on that list really have come from the punters themselves. So um, certainly for the the matters that Equality Australia works on, um, particularly around religious discrimination and intersex reform and trans um, equality, those things have come to us directly from our communities. That's how our policies and, and our positions are formed through consultation, through listening to our communities. So um, I think people that do look at the document will, will see the issues that they care about reflected in that document as well. Um, and so many of the issues won't be a surprise to them. That's fair enough. I think, would you think that it would be fair to say, though, that maybe, you know, when we talk about our LGBTIQ plus communities, it's sort of a coalition. Um, and so it might be a way to, I guess, get up to speed on issues that maybe are affecting a different part of the community that you're not as familiar with. Um, say, if you're, you know, a gay cisgender man getting up to speed on maybe the issues that are faced by bi-plus communities or intersex communities. Um, do you think there's some you know benefit for folks being across the issues that are faced by other part of, other part of our communities that people may not be as familiar with? I think so. And I think the, the, um, the way that the organisations that put together the document were to try to ensure that that intersectional lens is part of the way that the document's put together so that every member of our community can see their issues reflected but can also learn about the issues that are affecting others within our communities broadly as well. Are there any particular issues that Equality Australia would really encourage listeners to familiarise themselves with or you know challenges that are maybe... I don't know. I, I, I hate to compare it, but I guess some of these actions are probably easier wins than others. Are there ones that folks should kind of really keep on their radar? Well, um, for us, we've been focused on some particular areas of law reform that um, Victoria can now take forward. Um, so the two areas that I can think of that are high priorities are intersex reform. So that means protecting intersex people from surgeries and procedures that are performed on their bodies without personal consent, where those procedures can wait. Um, that's, uh, you know, a key priority for the intersex community. And it's an area where the government has made a commitment, but we're yet to see legislation. And the other area where the government has made commitments 
but we're yet to see legislation is around vilification and hate um, conduct. So protecting um, all of our communities from uh, hate-based conduct and vilification um, in public life. And that means things like vandalism or graffiti that you know defames us or um, attacks on the street or being harassed online, those sorts of things um, can be addressed through legislation as well. Um, of course, it's not just about what the government's committed, but also um, there are really questions for uh, all of the parties, including the opposition, as to what their positions are on those issues. Um, and we also, of course, don't want to see any rolling back of protections for our communities that have already been achieved. Um, Victoria is, in many ways, um, the envy of... Uh, uh, LGBTI people living outside of Victoria in terms of the progressive reforms that have been able to be achieved. So um, particularly around religious discrimination, we don't want to see rollbacks of exemptions that widen the gate for um, religious schools or organisations to discriminate against us. Has there been any movement uh, in other states or territories on intersex, um, I guess, issues or vilification and, and um, hate Hateful content, I believe, is, is what you said. Has there been any movement on those in other states or territories? So on intersex, the ACT have actually put forward a draft bill that they're consulting on. And, you know, we hope to see come to the ACT parliament um, perhaps as early as next year. Um, so that there is some movement there. And I think Victoria can look to the ACT for some ideas as to the way that that legislation can be put together. Um, in terms of vilification, though, Victoria actually is falling behind other states and territories. So a number of states and territories have those protections for our communities, including Queensland, Tasmania, New South Wales. And um, a few uh, jurisdictions are currently considering reports or legislation to extend those protections, including the Northern Territory and WA. So Victoria on that front actually is falling behind other states and territories in protecting our communities from vilification and hate conduct. Why do you think that is? Look, I think there's been a lot achieved in this last term of Parliament. Um, the, if you remember, there was a parliamentary inquiry and a multi-partisan um, report that was... Uh, uh, con a consensus report in the sense that all of the parties that were involved agreed to the recommendations and included um, extending uh, vilification protections to LGBTI people, which was great to see. I think there's been um, a matter of time that needs to be, um, in terms of reform, there's only so much reform that the parliament can consider at one time, but we would say that, that is a priority um, and we hope that it's taken forward as one of the first items for um, whichever government is returned um, after the election. It's interesting you mentioned that because one of the questions I want to ask you was, you know, I, Victoria, you know, Dan Andrews regularly talks about the, the equality state. Um, and Victoria has had some great wins in the past when it comes to advancing equality for LGBTIQ plus people. But um, what I was going to ask was with when it comes to things like state elections and obviously the upcoming Victorian state election, does progress made in one state have a knock-on effect in other states or, um, or jurisdictions across the country when we do make progress? Like, do we see sort of, you know, if, if a, a one state is working on something for some time, but another state passes them, does that sort of add momentum across borders? Absolutely. And, you know, um, Victoria has 
in some ways led on, for example, the religious discrimination exemption reform. And now we're looking at states like the uh, sorry uh, states like WA and, and territories like um, the Northern Territory and the ACT sort of leapfrogging each other um, to adopt the best bits of Victoria's reforms and go further. So, I mean, that's the benefit of having a federalist system. It can be cumbersome, it can be patchy, but what states can do as well is learn from each other. Um, and we're seeing reforms across Australia that have been modelled or informed by things that have happened in more progressive states like Victoria or um, Tasmania as another example. So states tend to look to others to see what's worked and how they can be better. When we talk about, you know, on, on Well, 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 we talk about a lot of work that still needs to be done. And when you look at the, you know, priorities document, there are still plenty of issues and inequalities to address. But at least from Equality Australia's perspective, are we making progress? Can we look at this in sort of an optimistic lens? Yeah, and we have a lot a lot of reason to be optimistic. Um, in this term of parliament, we dealt with religious exemptions. We prohibited conversion practices. We have set up a civil um, response scheme and an educative um, response infrastructure that allows us to address the root causes of conversion practices um, and the beliefs and assumptions that underlie them. Um, there's been, you know, bipartisan commitments around vilification reform. So there's lots to celebrate, um, but we can't be complacent either. Those reforms are really hard fought for. There are a number of um, people and some, unfortunately, some parties that are threatening to roll aspects of those reforms back. Um, so we have to be remaining vigilant to make sure that those reforms that have been achieved aren't rolled back, but also that we keep up the momentum going in ensuring that those issues that are yet to be addressed, intersex reform um, is an example, and vilification reform is another, uh, that those issues are also addressed in the next term. So as we mentioned, the Victorian state election is coming up on the 26th of November this year. If folks, you know, check out these priorities documents, listen to the commitments coming out of some of the parties and uh, elect accordingly, does it end there? What should folks be you know, thinking about or following up with as the new government uh, is established? Well, the easiest thing I think for people to do is if they're not on our mailing list, um, of which many hundreds of thousands of people um have you know been part of the the actions that have you know come about marriage equality as an example but if people jump on to our website and, and sign up to the mailing list we'll keep them up to date when developments happen because there's always opportunities for people to take action by signing petitions writing to their members sharing their stories with us all of those things um you know build the momentum and we actually end up being a community that drives the reform that we need. We are the community that, you know, is creative in uh, devising the solutions that work for us. Um, so that that requires all of us to be part of, you know, be informed and be part of the ongoing conversation that happens um, with government and with employers and with our service providers on what more they can do to ensure that we all have um, and an opportunity to live with dignity and respect no matter where we work, study or um, receive the services that we need. 
Legal Director at Equality Australia, Ghassan Kazasia, thank you so much for joining us this week on Well, Oh, Well. Thanks so much. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. That's it for this episode of Well, Oh, Well. Broadcasting on Joy on your birthday, Cal. It is, yes, it is actually my birthday. So I'm not quite 40 yet. I've got one more year, but uh, alas, here we are. Um, Having a good time? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I, 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 it's been interesting. It's an interesting time. Uh, I get somewhat reflective, but then at the same time, just feel very energetic and just like feel at one, you know, recentering myself for another year. <laughs> um, but it's great. It's great. I, um, you know, feel like I'm in a really good spot, and uh, yeah, pretty happy about that. So you know, and there's always plenty, you know, to keep us busy in the community that we work, the communities that we work with. Um, yeah. at Thorn Harbor Health, of course. It is a really busy time of year for us as well. Um, there's always stuff going on, whether that's, you know, a lot of the community orgs are having like annual general meetings. We're in the mm. midst of MQFF. We're in Trans Awareness Week. World AIDS Day is coming up and around the corner. The holidays are hot on the heels of that. Feast yes. is happening in South Australia. And then it, we sort of go into the summer festival Yeah, like we, thinking about like the fact that midsummer is like January, February sort of period. But wait, is it? It's end of January to like end of February sort of. This year is a a craziness because you've got midsummer kicking in and sort of like just over the halfway point Mm. in January. That rolls pretty much directly into the beginning of Mardi Gras, which knocks on a little bit extra into World Pride this year. (laughs) And then we've got like things like, you know... um, uh, chill out to cap things off, and it so, used yeah, I'm to really, be feeling really chilled yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> and it used to be back in the day that that's when MQFF would happen, kind of in March, April. Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But you know, it's now kind of reversed around and whatnot. So you know, but it's all happening. All and of that's so, so much closer than it actually seems because we're like, oh, February is like a while away. No, 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 it'll it be here will like go that. fast. Absolutely, hundred percent. And my birthday is always just sort of the, the beginning of that, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it just gets more and more hectic as time goes on. Um, links to information from tonight's show will be on the podcast page, uh, joy.org slash well, 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 where you can listen to all of our previous episodes and check out more from uh, Equality Australia and uh, the Trans... The T-Takeover? Trans, trans Takeover, yes. uh, hosted by T-Generation and yes. Sam Dengate. Very exciting. Uh, and uh, if you have uh, a topic that you'd like us to cover uh, or questions you'd like us to answer, get in touch. You can email us at wellwellwell at joy.org.au. Uh, but that is it for this week's show. Thank you for joining me in studio, Cal. Thank you for joining me, Jack. And uh, look after yourself and everyone else. Take care of those around you. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and well-being and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.